0: Our second part of our first ever two-part episode, is Bits Over Broadway. Bits Over Broadway! <laughs> I like that even when we had a straight of like two-hour, 45-minute episode, we did not break it up. And yet we're nope. like, it's okay to break this one up. It's 45 it's, minutes a piece. <laughs> it's 45
1: minutes piece, and like, we're just...
0: It's too winter. tired, too depressed. You, it's you winter. We don't have time for that. We don't have the energy for no. that. It's it's March. We're all exhausted. It's February. We're exhausted. <laughs> it's February. What month it's is January.
1: It? What Who cares? month is it? It's winter. Baby, I need to sleep. Uh, sad is hitting me like a <laughs> fucking <of> truck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Turn oh. Bricks, let's it's get into it.
1: <laughs> tough up here in New York. Um,
0: okay, false I say that
1: as a person who does basically nothing, <laughs> yeah, really, um,
0: truly. I do not leave my house, and now I'm
1: like, I cannot stress enough that I left my apartment maybe once this past week.
0: I feel very oh, that's why I'm
1: depressed. Yeah, I
0: know, but also outside is so scary. I feel oh God, very literally. afraid to be outdoors. Um, I, not to be person who never wants the pandemic to end, which is fake. Uh, but people online love to say that. I am just very afraid of being in public. Um,
1: you feel? That's
0: cool and fun. I love that that's what this has done to me. I'm just yeah. like, uh, I, the As gym a, is open. I could go to the gym, except that right? what if I catch the terrible disease and I die?
1: Exactly. <laughs> As a person whose lungs are trying to escape his body in a good You're year,
0: constantly. <laughs>
1: I am not not on board with the everybody's going to get COVID eventually.
0: I'm not feeling that vibe. It's just not for me. Um, I'm
1: I'm good, actually. I'm
0: good, actually. And I just keep reading these terrifying things. It's like, you don't even have to be in the same room as someone who has Omicron. You just have to be vaguely in the vicinity. and You
1: just have to catch their vibe. (laughs) A
0: hundred percent. It was like, we tracked this in a hotel and someone who didn't even open their doors at the same time just in the room across the hall still gave those people COVID. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Okay, cool. I'm literally never stepping outside my front door. I put on a mask, <laughs> go get my mail. I am losing my mind. Um. Anyway, it's cool. I love living in a pandemic.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: That's probably nothing to do with my depression. Uh, <laughs> no,
1: no. <laughs> literally <laughs> no, notes whatsoever. Issue. <laughs> unrelated. Um, depression is an entirely secondary issue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, let's talk Falsetto, then, baby. Speaking of plays, speaking <laughs> of plays. <laughs> okay, we'll say that the description on Broadway World or Broadway HD. Again, yes. please do sponsor us, Broadway HD. Um, said that this was a, like in the first sentence of the description of this musical was like a musical about AIDS. I'm like, okay, kind of.
1: That's not how I would describe this.
0: Yeah. Okay. How would
1: you describe? I just write the copy for them.
0: (laughs) I just feel that mm, this is like two and a half hours ish runtime. Yes. uh, And we don't get to the real AIDS talk until forty five minutes from the end. That's true. So, and don't get me wrong, it's super uh, important. It really, I would say, grounds the obviously falsetto land uh percent, yeah but to me didn't i don't know i that's just not the impression that i got it, hard to explain i don't know how i describe i guess about family dynamics and jewish identity but it doesn't i don't know i felt very confused by framing it as this is a work about aids does that make sense i felt like it was putting that- a lot of Uh, emphasis on that whereas I felt like it that wasn't necessarily the entire emphasis if that makes sense
1: right no I totally get you um I do think it's because it is uh like you said it only comes in like in the second act Mm -hmm. and it's only the latter half of the second act Mm -hmm. um I do think that it is it's definitely a response to AIDS because like 100%. Um, He wrote this after the beginning of the AIDS pandemic because this one, Falsetto Land didn't uh, appear on Off-Broadway until June of 1990. Yeah. So they had already gone through like the peak of the epidemic. Right. Right. Which Um, I think is
0: actually really interesting. Um, I think it's super interesting that the first, that March of the Falsettos is set in 79, mm -hmm. but premiered in 81 or 2? 81. 81. And then- uh Falsettoland is set in 81 right but doesn't premiere until 90 uh mm-hmm. there's such a huge gap of time in between uh versus in the first one and I think it's I-, I just thought that was an interesting way to to uh connect those two like 9 years later you're like you remember Marvin you right you remember Marvin <laughs> you remember that guy Marvin. we loved really. to write a musical about Marvin absolutely I don't know. Interesting. But you're right. It's sort of, it's definitely influences. Yeah. I, I guess I would say falsetto land feels more what I really liked about falsetto land was how much it focused on the queer characters in mm-hmm. the show not just marvin and um wizard we now introduce a lesbian couple that and i really enjoyed the storyline between the four of them oh yeah
1: absolutely uh, and that was um that was extremely deliberate choice by lapine Infin um they said that they wanted to include a lesbian couple in the second act I really because that. of the um the really important role that lesbian women played during the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. They, the lesbian community was like the main support system mm-hmm. for gay men at the time.
0: And I feel like that is a direct result of writing this, just coming off the heels of not even yeah. coming off the heels because I would say 1990 still, still you're still in fully in the midst of it, but yeah. Th- and I think that's where it benefits because you're getting that representation that I feel mm-hmm. often gets deleted um, from from when we talk about AIDS and the AIDS epidemic. That role of the lesbian uh, community in the larger mm-hmm. queer community context, and I thought it was really. A well done portrayal, and I really liked the relationship between the four of them and the like chosen family aspect of of the four of them, especially in that scene right at the end where yeah, oh, what's like, the name of the song?
1: It's like uh, "Strange Lovers" or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. What is it? Um, track
0: list. Unlikely lovers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. Ugh, I just really enjoyed that song and really enjoyed that moment with the four of them and sort of becoming their own community. We sort of leave Mendel and Trina on the back burner. Jason's right. still part of it, uh which I appreciated, but it was just really sort of homing in on that that uh community and I really enjoyed right. that uh section.
1: Which I think is one of the reasons why it's kind of billed as uh, an AIDS, AIDS and HIV musical. Because totally. even though it's like it, and I'm not trying to downplay the storyline at no, all, no, but no. It, it's it, it definitely feels, um, especially because it is two, sto- like we said in the last episode, it's two different shows being mashed together as one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what fucking point I'm trying to make. Um, um,
0: you're totally fine. I'll be honest. I have such brain fog today. I'm like, I I'm just talking and hoping that I make a point at some point. Yeah, so you're fine. Um
1: oh, oh, what I was what I was gonna say. Um, I think honing in on the queerness, because we spend a lot of time in March of the Falsettos focusing on like the heteronormativity mm-hmm. of especially Marvin and his mm-hmm. desire to live a relatively heteronormative life and then in the second show Falsettoland we see that like honing in on that queerness and yeah. um, I really do think that like that was that is one of the reasons why we've uh, it's built as an AIDS and HIV musical because you know I mean they decimated the queer community totally. and that is something and again this musical response to it and Lepine said like he wanted this show to be a catharsis for everybody who lived that time mm-hmm. um, and uh for people to be able to empathize with the people who did live through that time and i think he really did achieve that 100%. and i think he achieves that by honing in on the queerness because i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of like the bigger like rent has queer characters in it but mm-hmm. it's sort of told through a straight lens 100% and i think this one like fully hones in on that queer yeah. identity
0: i think the second i think false land feels queer uh yeah. oh, 100%. and in a really interesting way where it almost feels like a re- re- it almost feels like a resolve of marvin's uh almost anti-queerness in the f- in march of the falsetto's where he's really struggling with being queer and really I'm struggling sure. with how that presents in himself and um w- i think what we focus on in march of the falsetto's is that they are attracted to each other, but there's not a whole lot beyond just like how it's the honeymoon period, right? Yeah, Where you're I'm, sort of still trying to figure each other out and the fights are resolved because you have makeup sex and it's not like, you know what I mean? I And right. they're still trying to sort out kind of how they feel about each other. But falsetto land felt. I did feel like Marvin had grown up, not just because it's two years later, but like it feels like he has really grown as a person. We're meeting Mm -hmm. a whole new person in falsetto land. And a huge aspect of that feels like he is at peace with his queer identity and is ready to be in a queer relationship versus trying to make a queer relationship look like a straight relationship.
1: Yeah, 100%. I completely agree with that.
0: Even in just the acting, I felt like the begin I felt like March of the Falsetto's the I did not believe the uh that Christian Borle felt comfortable being yeah. gay. It didn't feel like the scenes with him and Andrew Rannells are like where they're kind of touching each other and like really handsy and stuff, I was like, yeah, okay, sure. But it felt so much deeper and like more yes. loving. That scene where uh, Marvin and Wizard are laying in bed together and w- Wizard is sleeping on Marvin and Marvin is um, singing about how much he loves. Like, oh my god, I can't believe how in love with you I am. I was just like, yeah. oh, that is. It feels so was Peaceful for yes. Marvin. I feel like I don't have any tension between the two of them, or if mm-hmm. I do, it's not because I'm worried that Marvin is struggling with something. It feels right, really nice, and I just I enjoyed. I think I enjoyed Falsetto Land, not more, but I it felt um, different in a way that I really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that like we, especially because Falsetto Land kind of like it pulls the camera back from Marvin mm-hmm. and he's not really like the main like uh, point of view character anymore.
0: Focus. Yeah, 100 uh, He's
1: really not the focus. If anything, Jason is the focus. Mm-hmm. Even more so than in the first act. Yeah. Um, because the entire story is told from him trying to decide whether or not he's going to have his bar mitzvah. Yeah. And I feel like Marvin is just kind of like Pushed to the side almost Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like his uh, wizard kind of takes uh, more of a center stage in this act. Right. Um, And I think it's really I think that's a good choice. Um, And it's nice to see that like this is more of a redemption for Marvin than Mm -hmm. the song at the end of the first
0: act. 100%. This feels like the growth we were looking for. This is the the arc we wanted.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's really awesome. And I like that we didn't like watch it happen. Totally. Like I love that it's more of an implied journey than it is like something we actually see happening.
0: Yeah. I I think I really enjoyed the way they set this up. And one of the lines that really stuck out to me is at the baseball game when uh, Wizard comes and he's like Jason invited me uh which again you broke up two years this is the thing that i was t- kind of talking about right. in the last episode where i'm like wh- how did this relationship happen and how did it continue they don't have cell phones you can't shoot them a text and be like hey come to my baseball game like <laughs> exactly do chat on the phone what is their relationship how are they still maintaining that did right I- i'm just confused but it doesn't matter because he shows up at the baseball game and i'm like okay fine sure and he is uh wizard singing and he's like just remember he he corrects jason's swing right and then he's like just remember he's a psychopath (laughs) and psychopaths can be very charming don't fall back in love with him like i really liked that and then it's truly cut to they're playing racquetball and they're together i i just really liked it but it didn't feel um we didn't see any of that like he asks them out right we see that yeah. but it yes. just feels like yes okay these characters are supposed to be together and it this time feels right like it didn't feel yeah. right the first time but this time marvin got his shit together wizard mm-hmm. kind of got his shit together. not not that wizard had shit to get together but like i think that that relationship with jason really does sort of recenter the the kid is Absolutely. sort of jason reorients everyone's orbit In a really interesting way that's not described always or that we don't always see in the show, Mm -hmm. but is so interesting to watch how they all become. I mean, he is. He is the focus. That's why we meet the doctor and the caterer because yeah the caterer is gonna is not a schick said trying to uh do <laughs> trying
1: to do uh jewish, jewish cuisine. Uh, cuisine um
0: she's like i know the bar mitzvah market is uh great Booming. i'm gonna i'm gonna get in you're either in bar mitzvahs or in weddings <laughs>
1: exactly <laughs> that's new york baby and that's, that's new, new york catering
0: um and uh, her constant trying to slow uh trying to push gefilte fish on people really just cracked me up as a through like a running joke um but so so brings in those two uh and then brings wizard together with marvin and is kind of the uh tension builder and breaker between mendel and trina in a way that feels really lovely and i felt Mm -hmm. like mendel and trina have a really good relationship and you can see that through how they parent how they are parenting Jason. Uh, and I loved getting to see more of the, the arc from Mendel and Jason's relationship from March of the falsettos to falsetto land um, mm-hmm. when he's like, everyone hates their parents. And then you grow up and you figure out that your parents are just people and you sort of right. love them because <laughs> they were doing their best. best. Yeah. You hate them <laughs> a little <laughs> less. Is what he says. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, Oh God, I love that. I just felt, yeah, He's so direct with Jason in a way yeah. that I really appreciate and that doesn't feel um, shitty or like too psychobabble. You right. know what I mean? He just is like, we got to tell him w- what the deal is. Sometimes people get sick and sometimes they don't come home. And you, I, what I really love is that they ultimately leave the decision to, to Jason um, yeah, which I think sort of speaks to the bar mitzvah aspect of it all.
1: I was just gonna say, yeah, that. go it's, ahead. It talk definitely, about it, yeah. it definitely like leads into that idea of um, the theme because uh, in March of, of the Falsettos, it's really they're really focusing on how immature all the men mm-hmm, are, mm-hmm. and in this. Uh, in Falsetta land, it's really focusing on they are growing. They have become essentially like fully mature men. Yeah. And that even goes for uh, Jason because He's, the bar mitzvah is so central to this part of the story.
0: Yeah. And I just really like how they reach that conclusion through the song of just, oh, we'll do it this way. Oh, we'll do it that way. You know what? You You decide how we do it and you tell yeah. us and we'll we'll take our cue from you. It just felt so everyone feels so much more in charge of themselves in this second act. um, And Marvin even has a
1: song like right after um, uh, the first opening number where he sings it's time to grow up. Mm -hmm. Like he Mm -hmm. sets out that theme perfectly right at the beginning. And you're like, yeah, like after we've watched you be immature for an hour and a half, Mm -hmm it's great to see you acting like to a watch human be a being normal man. Yeah. right <laughs> um and i do think it is interesting because they still imply that like trina and marvin argue and like totally. and even not uh necessarily imply because we see them talking about like whether or not to invite the apple bombs, bombs. or something like that <laughs> yeah. and like they fully get into it and then mendel is the one who steps in and is like hey mm-hmm. shut the fuck up yeah. Um, but so, like, it's not, like, this whole thing where, like, Marvin is a completely different person. He's still, like, you know, trying to be that, like, perfectionist and that kind of thing. But we definitely see that, um, he has emotionally matured, at least. And so has Jason, and so has Mendel, and Whizzer, and even Trina Mm -hmm. as well.
0: And what I really liked about that scene specifically was that it felt like... It just felt like people who are trying, two people who are trying to achieve one thing and have different approaches about it, are fighting. Not We're my parents, the same differently. <laughs> just differently. Not, uh, not my parents hate each other and they're divorced yes. and like. That would, I think, that would happen whether or not they were married, right? Like, you just have different right. ideas of what this day looks like for your child, because uh, you're yeah. both bringing a different perspective I, to it. And I yeah. like that Mendel is there to sort of be the mediator and go, "Let's all take right. a step back. You guys, g- come on, get your shit together. Uh, like, you'll figure it out." You know, he kind of breaks that tension, but it doesn't feel. I'm not worried about Jason. Um, no. in The ter- in terms of like, oh, he's dealing with all this fighting and right. like. You know, he's going and through I think it's divorce, a divorce, but yeah. whatever.
1: I think it's a really interesting um, tonal shift, mm-hmm. almost. I don't know how to necessarily describe it, but, yeah. like, the fights between the adults in the second act feel a lot less charged 100%. than they do in the first. Yeah. Like, the first, it feels like everything is sort of an existential threat. Mm-hmm. We are dealing with, like, fucking war right yeah. now. We have to go, Edge go, go. Knife. And then in the second... Like, exactly. Everything is hanging on the edge of a knife. If we stray but a little, we're going to fucking explode. Yeah. Um, but like the second act, it doesn't feel like that.
0: No, it feels there's tension, but it doesn't feel like if this doesn't resolve in the right way, everything falls apart. It just exactly. feels normal and calmer. That's sort of the tonal shift that I got. It just felt more yeah. centered and more, um, which I think. You know, it's part of that maturity, but also everyone is kind of on the edge of a breakdown. Trina literally is having a breakdown. Mendel's in love and struggling with the ethics of falling in love with a client or a patient's wife. Uh, Obviously, Marvin and his sexuality, Wizzer and his monogamy, Jason and his sexuality slash his relationship with his parents. Whereas Act 2, Falsettoland feels very we've all grown this is our new normal uh copyright Ryan Murphy and it feels
1: more domestic
0: yeah yeah it feels yeah. like we get how this works right? right somehow we understand that they have come to an agreement uh we sort of are given details that that marvin gets weekend custody and mm-hmm. every friday jason takes the 104 to his dad's house and then his mom comes and gets him and there's a right. little bit of a fight and that is a struggle, and that's also just what divorce is and looks like. And there right. really isn't a – there's not a pleasant resolve for that. That's just what divorce is. Um, right. But it feels calmer. You're right. It feels like we've found some stasis. We've found some equilibrium. Right. Everyone is sort of comfortable with their role and understands what they're doing. And it feels really good and not so fraught.
1: Right. And I think that's a really smart choice because it allows the tension to come from the epidemic, as yeah. opposed to from the relationships the of the personal, characters.
0: Interpersonal and dynamics.
1: Yeah. And there's even a really interesting moment with Trina and Mendel during the day in falsetto land mm-hmm. where she's like, Did you hear that Marvin's back with Wizard? And she kind of like starts to go down the same path that yeah. she was in the beginning of the show. And Mendel's like, Are we really still on this? Like, like, like it has up. been two years. You,
0: we are happily married. We
1: are together. <laughs> you are in a like stable relationship. Yeah. We are co parenting with this man. Like, it's it's not the existential threat that it was two years ago. Yeah. And she and Trina is kind of like,
0: you're I right. guess you're right. You're right. You're right. That's just the thing that I like to go to that yeah. I need to get over. Whatever. Um, I can't believe we skipped right over the opening number where they have yes. Nancy Reagan. On <laughs> Meanest Weeble and list of the first ladies. <laughs> and the blowjobbiest so congrats the
1: throat goat <laughs> That's if you exactly, will exactly
0: <laughs> exactly right <laughs> love the call out um, especially in ni- thinking about this in 1990 mm-hmm. shitting on Nancy Reagan in 1990 1990? go the fuck off William Finn yeah. I forgive you for a new brain I forgive you <laughs>
1: Exactly. You fucking went in. Your debts are gone with me. (laughs) Exactly. These people are still deified as gods at this point in America. And you're fucking like, no, fuck this bitch. Yeah. Fuck yes. I'm here for it. I'm
0: into it. I think, oh, that joke. That is cutting in 1990 and I appreciate it. Oh, 100% it.
1: appreciate it. I am obsessed with it. I love it. Yeah. I do really like how much they shit all over in the over the Reagan years in the second act. Um the whole like the scene with Mendel and his client mm-hmm. who's just like a yuppie who's like mm-hmm. can I stop sleeping with my boss and he's like time's
0: up. You got to get out of this. <laughs> you <laughs> got to get out of here.
1: <laughs> you got to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah, it
0: just feels really uh you can feel that anger, and they are playing it yeah. for laughs, for sure. But you can tell that it comes from a place of you gotta it, you gotta poke fun at these people. You have to laugh to keep from crying, really Ex- and I mean, truly. I... These these people abandoned us as a country and as an as a nation, and fuck them for that.
1: And I think that plays into the queerness of it, hundred percent. Honestly, hundred like. Look, we can blame Reagan for a l- almost every single problem and that we're facing in America today, <laughs> and I do, and I will never forgive him. Um, and yeah. fuck Ronald Reagan. That is the official stance of this podcast. Always has been Um, well But it is extremely um, a, a queer thing yeah. to be standing up to the Reagan administration. I mean, that's what the, the entire... Yeah. 80s generation of queer men and women mm-hmm. were standing up to the Reagan administration. And
0: I would say because it took a of long time. Their shit. Yeah. And it took a long time for that to sort of permeate the larger non queer mm-hmm. community, I think. Um, Agreed. I think that I would even say, up till maybe the last five or six years, has it become sort of more not common because i think it's still pretty an online position but i think people are more aware of yeah. what that presidency actually looked like and what it the damage yes. that it did to the america that we're looking at today and like you said a lot of the you can trace a lot of shit back to the reagan administration in oh yeah. the problems that we have today lots that go back before that but i think that we can to me that hatred of Reagan is very queer, starts from a really queer place, Mm -hmm. and then uh, has sort of permeated. That's the legacy, right? Like, you fucking murdered us and our friends and- your like then our life's mission our like in a in a a, uh, universal sense is to fucking destroy your legacy like you will never people will spit on your name they will piss on your grave you like we will win the war right you won the battle we will win the war
1: i have i i in my own bedroom i have a poster that has a very not nice thing to say about (laughs) ronald reagan that i will not say on air Um but And that's uh, being queer, baby. And that's being queer. That is that is queer identity.
0: LGBTQIA plus. Um thank you. Really, really (laughs) loved the baseball game. Thought that was a fun introduction to all the characters and their relationships now. Um enjoyed (laughs) we're watching uh, we're watching a baseball game. We're watching Jewish boys play baseball and not very well. Jewish
1: boys who cannot play, <laughs> play baseball,
0: baseball, play baseball. Uh, really fun. What I think I love about falsetto land, uh, and this was a critique of William Finn, but I think it really works in this specific song is that he okay, is delivering so much information while also doing joke, 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 joke. joke. And then we're getting, you know joke 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 and then three lines of dialogue that somehow catches up to speed on everything else really artfully done it's really uh, i enjoyed the baseball scene so so much i thought it was a great piece of work
1: yeah i really like that one um i am also a really huge fan of day and the land i think that is and it's a really nice moment to um like just sit with the adults yeah. for a second um and especially to like sit with the new lesbian neighbors <laughs> where they we get to see their day to uh, day because we've never met yeah. them before and that's really fun um but i and i just i love the music and like how the different parts are juxtaposed to one another and like you still get every single piece of information you need i really think that like those two songs are my favorite from the second act, the baseball and day in Hundred
0: percent. I really enjoyed the, uh, lesbian relationship. One, I don't feel like yeah. we get a lot of those, uh, in theater, um, especially musical theater. I don't feel we get a lot yeah. of women loving women sort of storylines or representation. I would agree with uh, that. we, we all don't get enough gay representation also, but I feel that if we were looking at the queer community as a whole, definitely more gay men than, than gay women, I think probably. Correct. Um,
1: I would agree with that
0: statement. I thought they did such, and and knowing that they really wanted that to be part of it, it feels like such a loving sort of homage, and it felt really real and grounded. And the "I love you," "I'm struggling with," "You're a doctor and you save lives," and "I'm trying to just make a fish." I chicken
1: fat. How am I supposed (laughs) to deal with that?
0: It's like that. Just
1: it's so. I thought it was
0: so beautifully drawn. A really pretty. Just a really well fleshed out de- like portrait of this relationship and these characters uh, in a way that f- didn't f- take away from the other drama that was going on. It was just like these people right. are new, and I'll be honest, I was really like, "Who the fuck are these people, and why do we have to care about them?" Right. Um, and then by the end of it, I was like, "Yes, they were integral to they. I'm so glad that they were there, and I think that they added 100%. so much." Uh, just the stress watching her go the doctor's arc in particular uh charlotte's arc mm-hmm. in particular watching her go from i save lives no one died i fucking people overdosed and i saved them i am diagnosing shit and people are surviving and i'm living to then something is happening something is very very wrong i don't know what it is right. but i'm watching it happen and i can't stop it and that just oh broke yeah. just absolutely snapped me in half of something is oh, yeah. not good and I don't know what it is and it's my job to know what it is and how can I yeah that that strength and that faith that she had in her career and her vocation that we got in the first song versus where her just being conflicted and not knowing the answer knowing she's supposed to know the answer. These people are coming to me asking right. for the answer and I can't give it to them. It was just heartbreaking. Yeah. And I think I really appreciated that perspective. I think a lot. I, yeah. I what I appreciate right now, not appreciate, um, but there is a lot of airtime, I think rightfully so given to the burnout in the healthcare worker in fields and how COVID affects not just people who have COVID, but the doctors and the nurses and the techs yeah. that are working with people who are COVID positive. And I enjoyed, I don't feel like that's a perspective we get much uh, from the AIDS crisis. Um, no, definitely not. Either because a lot of doctors were like, it's not, you know, fuck people who have AIDS or because, right. you know, we're just far enough out that that's just not a perspective. I think maybe people didn't think about that perspective very much.
1: There is a little bit of that perspective in the normal heart, um, but uh, not as much in like other shows from Broadway that have come out of the AIDS epidemic. Like you don't really get it in angels in America. You sort of do because Belize is a nurse who work is working in the hospital. Um, but like you don't really get it in rent Mm -hmm. at all. Um, uh, neither in tick, tick, boom. Like there's a little bit of like talk about like, well, my doctor thinks this, but like, that. Um, and I, I agree. I think it's a really interesting perspective, and it does go to that idea of like you know, lesbian women were stepping totally. up during, especially the yeah, epidemic. as a queer
0: doctor, especially yes. as a queer medical yeah. professional, and how you're watching yeah. your own community sort of being t- torn at the edges, and and trying yeah. to understand that the, the sort of the burden of I might be the only person who cares about this. That feels so yeah. uh, isolating. It's, you know, you know that in a broader sense it's not true, but it would feel right. incredibly and I'm sure that professionals feel that way now. It's very isolating and lonely right. like I'm the only one who gives a shit about this and I can't stop it and I can't fix it and I can't yeah. make people care about it. And what does that say in my oath to like help people and save people? And I just really appreciated that there was all that depth and I thought it was really well done and didn't feel like it was bogging the whole show down.
1: Yeah. Because it's not like, it's not necessarily, um, it, we really only get it in like one Literally, or two songs yeah. and it's mostly between, um, the right. two women. Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, I I agree. I think it was like really well handled.
0: I thought it was so that the back half of this show, I would say the last mm, 45 minutes, just really, it's gut punch after gut punch. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, I know. And you know how it ends, right? Like you can see it coming. There's there's only, this is the story. Like it's gonna end this way and you know that it is and it's still... I was still crying at the end, baby. Knew it was coming. Still cried. Still oh, yeah. cried like a still little cried. baby.
1: <laughs> still cried. Um, yeah, it's gut wrenching yeah. to watch. Yeah. And that was like kind of the um, one of the quotes that Lapine said was, "We want people to enter laughing and leave crying." Worked. Nailed and it, baby. Stuck it fucking worked. You fun. You <laughs> lo- you got your point across. 10. And ten out of ten. You you did it. Tens <laughs> across the board. I it's yeah, it's really uh, hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because like as Wizzer gets sicker and sicker, it really does feel like that domestic energy that's kind of like under the undercurrent of the entire second act really starts to come together very cohesively. Mm-hmm. Because like we start to see that like Mendel and Trina, they're at the hospital too. Uh Jason's entire decision about the bar mitzvah is to include wizard. He wants wizard to be part of that because wizard is essentially his third dad. Like, and that deal
0: with God where he's like, I'll do the bar mitzvah. If you just help Wizard get better. And I think that's what, um, sort of the gut punch for me was having wizard collapse almost mid bar mitzvah. Like it is right after. And then it, you know, he's gone and it happens. It isn't, you don't even get to have your moment of grace of like no. full family and everyone's coming together. You don't get that peaceful moment. It's just gone. Again, you just-
1: Yeah.
0: Your time is so short. I just really thought that that was so impactful and I thought it was really, really well done.
1: Yeah, extremely.
0: <laughs> Andrew Rannells, I'm so sorry Bette Midler stole your thunder because <laughs> uh, you got to die some- uh, Isn't that what it is? You got you, yeah, you to gotta you gotta die, gotta die sometime, sometime. is- Maybe my favorite thing I've ever seen Andrew Reynolds do. I think it's incredible.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I read a part um, in Wikipedia. So the man who wrote The Normal Heart, Larry Kramer, who was an activist uh, fighting uh, fighting against the government Mm -hmm. during the AIDS eras, Mm -hmm. came to the Falsettos revival. And Andrew saw Kramer in the audience while he was singing that. And he said, like, he, I was completely emotionally devastated after seeing Larry Kramer, this man who fought for the community mm-hmm. through the entire AIDS crisis, mm-hmm. in the audience, and I'm sitting here singing about the beginning of it. Like,
0: yeah.
1: Andrew Reynolds was, he was like, <laughs> I was emotionally, could, like, How do you go devastated. on?
0: <laughs> thank, God I, thank God I literally don't have to do much yeah, for exactly. the rest of the show. <laughs> Not to make light, but thank God I don't have much more because right? holy shit. Like
1: I couldn't imagine. It, but yeah, this is slayed. easily it was some of his best
0: work. Unbelievable. And I think there's there I do find Andrew Andrew Reynolds to generally be playing kind of smarmy characters. Yes. And they sort of make a reference to that during March of the Falsettos yeah. in the first act. Um I think Mendel asks, you find him smarmy, and <laughs> Marvin kind of takes a beat. But the and what I love about You Gotta Die sometime is that he's still got that bravado and that smarm yes. and then something switches. There's like a couple times where he repeats, you got to die sometime. And there's a, there's just one delivery where it switches and you can hear the break and you can hear the emotion and the like reckoning with it's so easy to be like, well, something's going to get me eventually to, I have to ha- make peace with this. Like this it, it, is going yeah, to my happening. time. The sometime is now. So is now, essentially, yeah. yeah. And it just, Oh, it absolutely wrecked me. Truly. Were I Lucille Lortel, I'd give Andrew Reynolds all the awards.
1: Every single one. <laughs> Every
0: single one. Fuck you, Bette Midler, and that is my <laughs> that is my stance. I am anti Bette Midler podcast. due to this. <laughs>
1: oh, God, they're not even competing in the same category. They are to she's, me. She's a lead actress, and he's a lead actor.
0: <laughs> Disagree. They're the same. Um, <laughs> no, I I thought it was some of his. Maybe my favorite thing I've ever seen him do. I thought it was really pitch perfect.
1: Easily, yes.
0: That it was great. Loved the emotion, then the turn of Jason coming in and sort of making the bar mitzvah happen and everyone coming together and the caterer and the doctor. And also have to say that the doctor and Marvin scene where the doctor Mm -hmm. is trying to sort of communicate like this is – Terminal and also
1: you might have
0: you it. need to know about this because this could be you too. Like, yes, we don't know a lot, but what we know is that you are in danger. Um, right. and I just felt that that was so I thought it was really well done and it wasn't yeah. overdone. It was
1: one of the things that's really interesting about the show is that. It's never explicitly stated. Never. They never say the the word AIDS. They never say nope. HIV positive. It is literally never stated. Part of that is because it's taking place at the very beginning of the pandemic. Totally. They didn't know what it was or the epidemic. And mm-hmm. um this was like right when it was uh being labeled as grid. Yeah. Um, and uh I think it's a really strong and smart choice yeah. to to not give it a
0: name. I agree. It just lends to the Oh the dread of it where yes. even though the, we ex- know what it mad. is it's yeah. just like it's still just oh you don't it adds to the dread I think cuz we yeah. know but you don't know and you don't know what this is this wave of what this is going to be like exactly. let's just like, assume that this is the top where yes. we're starting to pick up speed like the crest is so far away oh, yeah. 100%. it's just unbelievable and that we get the tension because I think it's just so smart. We know what's happening. Exactly. Um, And that makes us even more emotionally entangled in what's going on. They don't have to say a thing. They are just experiencing it, and we're watching in retrospect. I love
1: Exactly. It is an incredibly strong choice, and it works so fucking well.
0: I think it it hits. I really do. I really enjoy Falsetto Land as a piece. This versus March of the Falsettos, I do feel like Falsetto Land – I would watch as one act and I think it would still hit Agreed. and be totally fine because you're still getting enough drama, you're still getting right. enough tension, um, especially because you have those allusions to uh, Wizard and Marvin's relationship through Absolutely. Trina, you have it through uh, through Marvin and Trina's relationship, through Jason, through the divorce, like talking about that. I think it just you're getting enough information that you don't need to have seen March of the falsettos, but falsetto land itself, in my opinion, works much better as a one act than March of the Falsettos.
1: I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. Um, I do think it's a really interesting, uh, going back to like that idea of like growth and that kind of thing. uh, Mm -hmm. And like talking about the relationships of everybody and like how you get all of that in falsetto land. um, I think it's really cool that we get to see the relationship between Twen- trina and wizard as well mm-hmm. in this because yeah. in march of the falsettos it feels kind of lacking like we mm-hmm. have really only one interaction and we yeah. know that trina can't stand the fact that wizard is part of her life now but like this she like i said earlier she's starting to go down that path of like oh my god this man is back in my life to the moment where she's singing after wizard gets sent to the hospital where she's singing i care about this man yeah this is a man who's in my life and i actually care about the, what is happening to him and mm-hmm. it's this really beautiful moment of growth that uh i i don't think you necessarily need the context of no. uh march of the falsettos to get because you still get that like the tension between the two of them at mm-hmm. the uh, in day of falsettos and it strengthens or like it changes so much by the time she sings that moment
0: mm-hmm. and um, also just incredible testament to powerhouse stephanie j block i mean to bring that to bring that sense of resolve yeah. into it you she's communicating that to you right you don't Absolutely. need you're right you don't need that tension from march of the falsettos because she is bringing that peace to you and saying there was tension and now yeah. i'm we're doing this forgiveness thing without saying we're doing this forgiveness thing
1: exactly i
0: think it's just Oh, I loved it so much. I really enjoyed any time everyone was on stage together yeah. in this one. I also really enjoyed that Mendel kind of calms down a little bit. Loved it yeah. in the first act, but he really is the voice of reason, just sort of yes. the um steady anchor for everyone, yeah. it felt like. Uh, in a way that I really, really enjoyed and yeah. loved watching. I just oh, I really enjoyed Falls Out of Land. As yeah, he really did.
1: He he's has this, like, a, a, an amazing line where they're like, they say to Jason, get thee to a psychiatrist. And he goes, I am a psychiatrist. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so good. It's I so think Jason should see a psychiatrist. Explored.
0: I am a psychiatrist. Go away. Go away.
1: It. It's so good. It. Um, but yeah, I think Mendel is, like, a really uh, calming force for everyone. Mm. And I really, going back to, like, the whole queerness of the second act, I like that, like as much as I love Mendel and as much as I want to see more of Stephanie J. Black, I like that they kind of disappeared into the background.
0: Agreed. A hundred percent. I think
1: that was key to like that feeling of queerness that runs through the entire sector. Totally. Act.
0: Their storyline is March of the Falsettos. That exactly. is their thing. And we are just brought into Falsettoland going, they're good. Yeah. They're, they're maintaining and right and they're happy and their relationship is solid and we don't need to talk about what's the way that we're going to function like, yes the way we're going to see them is through jason and how they interact with jason right. and how that affects everything else but i agree i was so happy they were back burner uh yeah. really i really was i thought it was not in a way that i felt like they were being done a disservice just in no. a way that i was like they're not the focus of this right like we don't piece. need to we don't okay. need
1: to be spending every minute with mm-hmm. Um, them like we mm-hmm. did in March of the Falsettos, which right. I want to bring up uh what I talked about in the first episode of this, where like in March of the Falsettos, everyone is on stage together at all times to like mm-hmm. create that atmosphere of we're all entangled in each other's lives. It's very claustrophobic. Um, that doesn't exist in the second act, as far as I can tell, because we do not get, we don't get a lot of like wide shots of the yeah. stage, but as far as I can tell, the second act they have um like the individual groups on stage without everybody else present, yeah, at least from like what yeah, I can see no, 100%. and I think that's it uh, it's goes into that whole idea of like that claustrophobic energy is gone, it's the it's gone into the resolve of um the domestic uh mm-hmm. life that they've created, and um I I think that's a really smart choice and it goes into that idea also that we don't need to be spending time with Mendel and Trina as much as we did in the first act. Yeah. Um, I think it was, yeah, it's a really smart choice.
0: I, I don't know if this, it's rude to say, I don't know if this is intentional. I'm going to assume that everything that happens on the stage is intentional. Um, But I really enjoyed so we talked a lot about the the set piece of yeah. that big foam block that breaks down into lots of other pieces in the first mm-hmm. act, and throughout once it comes apart in the first, like in the very first song, it stays apart and it gets put back together in various iterations, but it's never whole. it, oh, yeah. it, it stays apart, uh, and then for the very final song, um, when it's implied that um, wizard has died and they're at the gravesite, the block comes back together. It's totally... It gets pushed together. It's whole. And then they take one piece out of the middle of it for the tombstone and How set did it I to kn- the side. And I just thought it was so...
1: I just uh, got chills. I, Fuck.
0: You do. <laughs> Go back and watch it. Go back and watch the last 10 minutes of it because they literally push the block together. It's yeah. full. It's a whole cube again. And then they pull the one piece out to mark the tombstone. and And there's just a big hole right in the middle of the block. And I just was like... Oh, that is... Whoever, Symbolism. Whoever I, decided to do that was like, absolutely like, I'm a fucking genius. And, this they, is, are. and they are. <laughs> that's, that's that set design of that prop source. it was like, oh, you guys are going to fucking cream when you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to love this. But I just, it's, I thought it was so beautiful. It was such a pretty stage yeah. picture. It was such a um, poignant visual. I, it was... Oh, I got chills watching it. I cried even more than I yeah. already was. Um, and then when Jason puts the little chess piece on top of the tombstone, I just really Ugh. woo baby. Um, anyway, love the show. Love the show, thought it was great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was definitely like at uh basically from the bar, like right when Jason is like singing. If you let Wizard live, I'll do the bar mitzvah mm-hmm. um, to the end. I basically stopped.
0: Never not notes. crying.
1: And I <laughs> yeah, I stopped, stopped taking notes. notes, and I was crying the entire time. Like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, couldn't see my notes my through away. my tears.
0: Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Didn't have time to take the notes. It was no. really just absorbed. In what I was going on. am
1: so mad that I didn't notice because my I'm like I knew that they took the piece out, yeah. but it never occurred to me that like the cube was never whole until that moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like. like
1: that's fucking brilliant
0: heartbreaking it's it's really good i mean really and truly you can just watch the last like 10 minutes of the show and see it but i thought it was just such a pretty i'm really dumb as i've said before and i don't that stuff a lot of times goes over my head and i don't notice that kind of stuff so when i saw it and it hit i'm like oh i get art i get why people love art so much I get it really art. It does hit different, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow.
0: <sighs> um, okay. Anything else, Connor? Any other I did. Note?
1: I just wanted to just really quickly shout out. I think the costuming in this show is very interesting. Mm-hmm. They're never... I don't feel like they ever do, period, which is at least in the first act, March of Falsettos, everything feels very modern. Uh, okay. Whereas like in the second act, I feel like everything felt a lot more 80s hmm,
0: interesting. i don't know
1: it was really it was a really interesting choice i don't know if that means anything or like maybe they were just uh like there wasn't enough period pieces or something maybe. like that i yeah. don't know
0: interesting but i
1: think it's a really it was uh it was uh the costuming is great don't get me wrong yeah. but like really the only people that really like look 70s in the first act is um trina mendel and um jason hundred percent, yeah interesting
0: i think it's also interesting that uh marvin has the most costume changes i think i saw him oh, in yeah, he maybe does. five different outfits whereas everyone i think maybe got like one two or three yeah um marvin is the one who is and and it's an interesting sort of devolve from he's in a button up and tie and looks yeah. very put together um is wearing a jacket in march of the falsettos and then by the end of falsetto land he is in jeans sneakers a zip up hoodie like it's very much much more casual and i think sort of yeah. speaks to that relaxing into himself and becoming comfortable with who he is like you see he is literally looks comfortable and yeah, it feels yeah. comfortable you know
1: i i would agree with that i think that's a that's a good observation
0: Thank you. I'm trying to get better at this. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) Come to Bits Over Broadway for discussion on critical costume theory.
0: Gross. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Connor, now it's time for a very important question. Yes. Uh, Which cat From the musical Cats, would you like to cast in this production of (laughs) Of Valzetto's?
1: Okay, do we need to give the context of this game? Yeah, let's give
0: the context.
1: (laughs) We were discussing what we were going to do for Mm -hmm. um, the musical, and Mm -hmm. Mitch's phone gave a a very funny uh, typo where he said, one cat musical instead of one act musical. (laughs) Yes. And we came up with the game of deciding which singular cat from Uh the musical cats Uh you would pick to put into any other show, but they still have to act as the cat from cats.
0: Yeah. Uh, And my question is which cat?
1: (laughs) I think for this show specifically, I would probably say hmm, maybe Jenny Any Dots. Uh
0: twist for yeah,
1: um she ha- i f- i feel like she has like m- lesbian energy
0: okay love this yes. i'm i'm on board 100 okay. i changed my mind
1: okay who are you gonna say
0: um i was gonna say rumtum tugger as a wizard i was
1: thinking of rum tugger but then i was like m- i don't know if like i don't
0: see that growth for him i don't, I don't see, see that him growth. delivering I, you gotta die sometime you i know?
1: feel like he's too sexy
0: he's too sexy He's yes. very.
1: Queer to me. Oh no, he's extremely. He and he and Mr. Mustafili's are boyfriends.
0: They are in love. Um, but no, I love Jenny Anadots. Love that. I think it's inspired casting. Thank Hire you. Hire us to cast your next show. Yes, specifically please. for one. Specifically for a cat.
1: cat in your musical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Any thoughts, Connor? Um, to wrap this up, or should we jump to man and chair?
1: Uh, I think we can just jump to man and chair.
0: All right, take it away, bud.
1: Yeah, falsetto Land is um, I think easily the stronger of the two acts. Um and like you said, it feels like a co- cohesive piece. Um, I like that even though, again, the William Finn does the, th- the same thing that he did in the first act where we're dealing with really heavy material, but a lot of the music feels very bright and uplifting, mm-hmm. um, at least until the second half of the second act, mm-hmm. um, which is a nice change of pace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, glad we get a little bit of uplift in this uh, gut-wrenching <laughs> act of a show. Um and yeah, I think they that this one just really hit the entire show home. Yeah, um, yeah. I I'm like I can't. There's nothing more I can say other than that. I think this this is a great uh, second act and a great show on its own. And yeah. um, get the to Broadway HD so you can watch it if you haven't seen it already. Meryl, man and chair.
0: Same. I think I've said it a hundred times. I loved. I loved False Atlanta on its own, and I think it made March of the False. So- I think. It works on its own as a one-act, and it helps to resolve as a two-act. I think they were the correct two acts to put together and what I felt was lacking in March of the falsettos. I didn't feel, Yeah, I didn't feel like I needed anything more from falsetto land. Everything felt really beautifully wrapped up. It mm-hmm. left things open and it didn't feel the need to tie a bow in everything, but not in a way that I was like, well, what about it was just like, right. yeah, okay, that's the correct choice. These, you picked the right things to wrap up. You did it beautifully. I love the cast by the end of it. I'm weeping. I'm,
1: Oh my God. I'm
0: sad. I'm mad. I felt like it. I, I really enjoyed it. And then it yeah. made me love falsettos as a whole piece. I really, Absolutely. really, really, really enjoyed it. Really, enjoyed yeah. it.
1: Yeah. So. I think it was, it's, it's, uh, I wish it had not gone up against Hello, Dolly, because I feel like it could have won.
0: I think it could and should have. Um, Again, Andrew, some of Andrew Andrew Reynolds' best work. I really, truly believe that. And I'll be honest, didn't hate Christian Borle as much as I usually do by the end of it, which is a (laughs) testament to incredible writing.
1: Exactly. Correct.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Connor, anything to plug?
1: No, as usual, you can find me across all platforms at c 12 You can find me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Uh, you will find any funny things I'm working on there. Meryl, how about you?
0: Nothing for me, but you can find this podcast at Bits Over B-Way across all platforms. Uh, we are anywhere you get podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Spotify, uh, your Apple podcast app if you're still using that garbage piece of uh equipment. Um, I
1: i am. I, that's <laughs> almost exclusively how I listen to podcasts Me
0: too, but oh baby, it is every oh, update sucked. is worse than the one before. It. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um but we are there. So if that's how you like to listen, that's where we are. We're also on Patreon, uh patreon.com slash bits over bway and all of our episodes are free. We have absolutely no paywalled content, so feel free to listen. None
1: whatsoever. None
0: whatsoever. Um if you'd like to, if you have a comment, you can email us, Bway at gmail.com, uh, or you can drop us a link, drop us a DM on Twitter or Instagram. We love to hear from the readers of the pod. Uh, that is all I have. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, you guys are going to fucking cream when you hear this. <laughs>